All right, welcome to the first episode of the Crazy Bone Podcast. We are at the DEA Ranch with Leo Martinez and his daughter, Madison. And uh, we're just going to kind of wing it and, and see what the hell we can talk about and come up with. And hopefully if it's, if it's entertaining enough, we'll, we'll post it out for everybody to listen to. Anyways, uh, Leo, so how long have you been in the deer industry? The deer itself. Well, like I say, deer hunting. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole shit pot. Quite a while. The the hunting. You've got to understand that the the hunting really doesn't take off what it is today. For I mean, even back in the nineties, you know, we we were. I've been on a ranch since nineteen eighty six. Damn. Graduated from college in 1986, had a job waiting for me. Went right from, I mean, two days out of college, I was on a ranch, McMullen County. 12,000 acres, 350 head of mama cows. And that's what it was. It was ranch. Ranch, cows. Yeah. There was no hunting. Right. It was leases. Everybody leased a ranch. You had hunters, didn't care what they did, didn't care what they shot. You know, it was just hunting. Right. That was back in the day when that, you could, when, when a guy could get a deer lease. Get a deer lease. In South Texas. And, and you didn't have to own a company. You didn't yeah. have to own a corporation. Right. You know, you could have a job and have a deer lease. Yeah. And, and that's what our hunters were. I mean, our, we had hunters, and I remember even back then, they were from the valley. These guys worked for a living. They'd get together, had a deer lease, come up on the weekends, hang out, hunt. I mean, they'd let us shoot a deer. And, and it was... Back then, it was it was a it was a lease. It, it was, wasn't like day lease or no. It hey, was, come pay me. You could go for, in to, there. They, they would pay so much an acre, right? And they would go quail hunt. They could go dove hunt. They could go year round deer hunt. They could go hog hunt. Wow. They had they had their little camp houses that they would stay at. Nothing. There was no lodges. There was no you know. Oh, we're gonna go build this million dollar lodge. Yeah. And the swimming pools and the whole <laughs> and night. hire a chef and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and have people there <laughs> filling their feeders and scouting and cameras. There was no cameras. Oh, shit. There was no cameras. I You're mean, right. there, there was no game cameras. Right. It, it was, I remember the first game camera. Right. You know, film. Film. Bigger than shit. And I'll Went tell you the first in a time. Day and a half. I'll tell you not to jump around, but I'll tell you the first time that I saw a game camera was in 1998. Sounds and about I was, right. I was on a ranch in East Texas. Managing a ranch, a hunting ranch, built a game fence in East Texas, one of the first ones. There was a couple of places up there that had them. Boggy Slough, which had been managed for a long time. Uh, some temple had that place, and they did some stuff that nobody was ever had ever thought about doing up there. But they were taking some stuff from South Texas and doing it up there. Uh, management practices. Right. So we did a wildlife survey, deer survey, for Texas Parks and Wildlife with cameras because East Texas, they can't, couldn't fly it. Oh, it's too thick? Yeah. All the trees, you know, you yeah. got pine trees. You can't see shit. So they couldn't do a aerial survey. Right. So they came to us because we were game-fenced, and we weren't a big place at the time. The guy was adding to his ranch as we were going along, and I want to say at the time we had about 400 acres high fence, which was huge under, under fence back then in yeah. East Texas. So the guys that we dealt with with Parks and Wildlife, 
came to us. We were working on MLDs, getting the MLD program going. You know, starting off shooting does and this and that. You know, we just had doe permits. We right. had to work our way up into the, the full deal. So they came to us. We would do spotlight surveys. That, that's how we counted deer. We'd drive around in the back of a truck, and you would, you know, I can see so far, and we right. see so many deer. You well, know, that's how it was done for years. Yes. So they came to us and said, hey, we've got these cameras. Can we put them on your feeders? We had feeders going. Can we put these cameras? Probably just corn feeders. Corn huh? feeders. Because protein wasn't really a thing back then. No, but we, believe it or not, we started feeding protein. Wow. This guy that uh, uh, was working for really wanted to get his deer right. And you said this is the late 80s. This was the late 90s. Oh, late 90s. Late 90s. I thought 80s. In in the late 80s, when I first started, mid-80s, like I said, 86, none of this was going on. Right, right. I I mean, there was very little. 10 years. Yeah, very little corn. I mean, we just didn't hardly hunt with corn even. Dang. We would sit and watch Senderos. You know, we would wait for the rut and rattle and bring deer in by rattling. Right. And, that's and now in saw. Texas, that's... Oh, it's... Yeah. I mean, if you don't if you, if you you don't at least use corn, then, then you're not hunting you, in Texas. You're, you're not hunting. But a lot of people in other states think, oh, you guys are sissies. You bait. You, you put out cameras. You've got a fence. You do this. You do that. And honestly, I think that it has evolved because of the management. Absolutely. How, how are you going to see your deer? Right. How are you going to know what you got? Well, you got to bait them. You got to put corn out to be able to drive your corn line and sit on a corn line and see what's coming in and, and see what's out there. And and most people, yeah, they want to see their deer, but they also, of course, we fly it, you know, to get, get numbers. Right. But when it first started, it was like even a game survey, nobody flew surveys. Well, and back then, hunting, I mean, it was an industry, but it wasn't that valuable. No. Of an industry. It was not at all. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar now industry it now. No, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it may cost, like to fly our place, it's going to cost me about $1,000. Sure. Which, $1,000 is a lot of money to me. Sure. But I'm like, well, it's it's for the good of the deer and good of the ranch, and you know, this is a business, and that's just a business wanna, expense wanna at this point. Want to know what's there. We've yeah. got to get a number. And, and, and if you're, especially if you're in an MLD program. Right. You've got to have the survey so they can give it to Park so they'll know what they, you know how many tags to issue. Right. Right. But get, getting back to the yeah, the cameras. Bad. No, no, no. You're good. The, getting back to the cameras. We ran a survey for Parks and Wildlife, uh, working with their biologist, and it was film. I mean, we would pull the film. Yeah. Run down to the one hour deal. Right. And sit there and just like, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. You know, I want to see the pictures. Yeah. And you might get three pictures of deer and the rest of thirty pictures of. You dirt. know, yeah, ghosts, you know, just yeah. a, a branch waving in behind the feeder. Right. And you're like, oh, now we got to go cut that branch off so it doesn't trip the camera. Right. And the three pictures you got a deer, one of them's good. One's good. The rest are blurry. Blurry or you get or, the or ass they're or They're at night. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, man, he's too far back there. What is it? What is right. it? And is right. that that eight point? Is that that seven point? You know, but we were so excited to get pictures. I mean, literally, we had stacks and stacks and stacks of pictures. And you can imagine the cost oh, it's of tremendous. going to get film and running down to the, you know, yeah. the, the, the back then they had the places that developed film. Right. Oh, yeah. You I know, remember they, those they, days. They had stores that you would develop film. And Madison, you know, you don't know shit about any of this. No. I mean, Mm-mm. you're just no. a spring chicken. You don't know anything. I mean, you don't even know what a film camera she, is. She drops now, like we were just talking earlier before we started the podcast, you know, you ask how we get the pictures. Well, she goes the pictures, she pulls the card and goes right into her phone. Yeah. And they're going straight from the phone to you, to Facebook, to the world. Right. 
in a matter of seconds. She hasn't left the feeder yet. And she's got pictures on her phone right. of what's been at the feeder for the last four days, three days, two days, however long it takes to check the camera. That's amazing. Instant. That, that technology has come technology so far, so fast. is amazing to think that we would go develop film. Right. You know? and, it's, and it's coming, I mean, we're just, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of hillbillies out in the woods. But now we have all this technology. And we want to know. Right. I want to know what's out there. I want to know how old that deer is. Right. I want to know how big he is. I want to right. know. And, and, you know, getting into what we do, because we're all deer breeders, you know, uh, we still want that native deer. Oh, yeah. We want that deer that's growing in the pasture. Then we want to see how big he is. We want to see what he's doing. And, and I, I think it gets back to us wanting to know what our deer are doing. Oh, yeah. In the pasture. I, I want to yeah. know. I want to know what my does are doing, because we get used to it in the pens. Right. We're we're taking the what we're just like this technology we're talking about, and I try to explain that to a lot of people. If you're not using what you're learning in the pens out in the pasture, you got a problem. Right. You need to l- use what you're learning in those pens out in the pasture. I agree. And and a lot of people don't get that because they think, well, we can just turn out more deer. Well, yeah, but what about your native deer? What about your habitat? What about your, you know, how are we going to improve the habitat to support those deer? It, you, it all goes hand in hand. You bring up the the pen thing and and how it kind of correlates with our with our pasture. I think to me, the biggest thing I've learned from watching my deer in pens to watching my deer in the pasture is never judge a one year old buck anywhere. That's my. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things I've gotten out because I've seen. Okay, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Oh, you jackass! Here we go. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Bring it, because I've agree, but I disagree. Right. Because at the end of the day, getting back to our habitat, right, and our density, it's a numbers game. It is. Yes, we can carry extra numbers because we're feeding protein now. Right. But not every deer in the pasture is going to walk up and stick his nose in that feeder. Because oh, yep. we're not going to have enough protein in the pasture to feed every deer unless now I've seen a couple of places and and I've mentioned one of them to you where we had a feeder to every 110 acres. That was absolutely insane. And it's insane. Right. It's insane to think that And it's not insane to have a feeder to every no, 110 acres, no, but no. when you're talking about 10,000 plus acres, yes. That's absolutely bonkers. It, it's it's like nothing I've ever seen. I was glad I'd be a part of it. Right. I was glad that I was like, well, this is what we need to do if you want to do it. <laughs> and the guy to open his checkbook up and say, let's roll. Yeah. Well, the guy's got money right there with Oprah, basically. So. And, and you know, to be able to do it and to be able to say, okay, is this going to improve my deer? Now, at the same time, we were using DMP pins. Yeah. And we're taking breeder bucks coming from pins. And, it, and explain, some people aren't going to know what a DMP pin is. It, well. Just quick. It, they, they've, you know, we, we build a, an enclosure on the pasture. Five acres or uh, bigger. Or bigger. Right. And then you take some does and a lot of people will take does out of the pen. We were. Out of the pasture. Y- yes. You can do either. Right. We, Up to 20. Right. We were taking them out of the pasture. We go in with a helicopter. We net the does. We put them in the pen. Yep. And then on this particular place, we were buying uh, breeder bucks and we were real, uh, particular about what we were buying i mean you weren't buying bucks that were spikes as one no no <laughs> we were we did a lot of background 
<laughs> we did a lot of background. We we did. When you a, say background, a, pedigrees. Pedigrees, uh, and uh, I wouldn't say just pedigrees. I would say the longevity of the bucks. We we look back how long this breeder had been breeding, what his history of his bucks were. Oh, the uh, actual the human that you were buying these deer yes. from okay we 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 looked and and said okay we're not just going to go get the the flavor of the month right because there is a lot of that these guys that spend there is basically shit tons of money advertising their deer Correct. and they want you to think it's the next best well, thing and, and and we wanted some history on the buck sure on the production right because at the end of the day we're working on production right long-term production yeah because these deer are going to be out in the pasture and and we were our goal was to shoot mature deer on this particular place so we went with uh, a breeder and, and i'm not going to name names but sure. he was a great breeder straight up we went to his pens we looked through his deer looked through his pedigrees looked at production you know he'd been breeding a while uh and not to say that new breeders aren't you know doing that because you can get those genetics oh absolutely but this guy in particular had been doing it, and, and so we went with him, and we bought some breeders, put them in, uh, bred the does, and once you breed them, then you, because you're breeding those does to, you know what buck you're breeding them to. Right. Even though you don't know the pedigree of the does because they're coming out of the pasture. Hey, Leo, um, I hate to cut you off here, but remember when I said, can you quickly explain what DMP yeah. is? good luck. Yeah, that was... Uh, we're like at 30 minutes explaining what a five acre let me let me just break this down folks what he's trying to say it's a five acre or beggar pen you get 20 does basically out of the pasture and then a buck any buck you want you can go buy one like leo did and he did it the smart way he researched it yada 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 but you can also catch a buck out of the pasture uh if you see this big ass buck running around and you think man i want him to breed my does well with a dmp situation you can do that uh anyways so uh hell i don't even know where we were going with this i got sidetracked as shit well yeah well i, I started we were talking about cameras with film and then all of a sudden it, we're talking about dmp bucks and yep. breeders yep yep well that's kind of the way the hunting industry has evolved that's actually true we start out with cameras with film and we end up <laughs> all of a sudden we've got you know 280 inch deer breeding pasture does right to get us you know, bigger deer. Oh, I know where we're going with this. I said, don't judge one-year-old bucks. And you went off on a tangent and screwed no, everything up. No, 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 no. I was telling you why I don't agree. And then... But you never got there. Okay. You realize you never explained to me why you don't agree with me. And I'm fine with you not agreeing to me. Because you sidetracked me with the DMP question. Ah, bullshit. You did it. Okay. So why I don't agree with you is because at the end of the day, the feeding... I was I was talking about the protein. You were the density, the numbers. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And you can at the end of the day, you're only going to be able to carry so many deer. Okay, you're, you're going to have to start judging those deer on who we're going to take. You can't just. Well, take I mean, the but top you want to judge your one-year-olds. If you do not have breeder pins that you can release deer, and you're not buying deer, and releasing every yeah. year, absolutely, absolutely. Huh. Well, and, I, I, and it gets no different. Okay, let me let me do this. Okay. So if you've got you've got bucks in your pen, right? Yeah. And you've got a deer that is a spike, like you said. Yeah. Okay, and he's one year old. Uh -huh. And then you've got a 
a hundred and eighty inch yearling, uh-huh. and you've got a spike yearling. Uh-huh. Which one's going to be your breeder? <laughs> well, it's funny you ask because I was in that situation, similar situation last year. Okay. I did. I had a hundred eighty inch one year old, right, and then another one that was like a hundred and twenty, and but he was real typical, right. Dad says, oh, breed that typical one. I, I, I like him. I said, no, I'm not. I want the bigger one. Well, I did just that. I bred the bigger one. This year, that bigger one at two was 369, and the little one was maybe 140. There's your answer. <laughs> There's your answer. Well, shit. So that you, now you're going to have, so at two years old, he's 140. At three-year-olds, he's going to be 180. Great deer to turn out and hunt. Right. He's clean. He's typical. You've yep. already said he's, and he was clean this year. So yep. he's going to be, he, more than likely, he's going to stay the same. Right. And say he jumps up, you know, 30, 40 inches. So he's going to be 180. He's a great stalker. Right. Doesn't matter how clean he is, how dirty he is. He's 180 inches at the end of the day. And that's what you're selling. That's that sweet spot. You're selling 180 yep. inches. You're right. And you're breeding the 400 inches. Right. So what is, why is it different in the pasture? Well, I guess because I'm an ass. I'm just saying. you <laughs> No, gotta, I get that. That makes sense. Somebody's got to go because you can only carry so many in your you're pasture. You're right. You're right. It makes sense. And, and when you reach that point, and now we're getting into biology, but when you reach that point yeah. where your carrying capacity is at a certain point to where you say, I've got too many deer. Yeah. i got a lot of deer. Uh, I, they're eating me out of house and home, and well, that always I, is the bottom line. Oh, I say that every day. Okay. And so, I'm not even writing the checks. So at the end of the day... <laughs> When you say, okay, we're going to quote unquote cull some deer. Right. Which is, that's a whole nother discussion. Oh, man. But when you say, okay, we've got to reduce our numbers. How many mature bucks are you going to shoot? You don't want to shoot those because they're your. They're my big guys. They're your big guys that you want breeding those does because they've already proven themselves. Right. So are you going to shoot, oh, we got to shoot eight bucks. Are you going to shoot six of your five-year-olds? Are you going to shoot five spikes? Well, now I don't know. I think I'm just going to crawl off in a hole and sleep deer season away now. Jeez Louise. Uh, I mean, it just gets into, and, and I, I love the biology aspect of it. Right. Because it's not a, every, you ask five different people and you're going to get five different answers. And I don't, th- I don't think there's a right or wrong. There's not a right or wrong. It's your program. Right. What fits your ranch and what fits your pasture. Right. And, and then you throw in a few exotics. And, oh, yeah. and which everybody's got, sure. which I understand. Right. I, I love exotics because it gives you an option. It gives you, at the end of the day, we can sell some hunts, you know, after season, before season, summertime, doesn't matter. And it's income because right. at the end of the day, we got to pay bills. Right. We got to pay bills. And that's just the way it is. So when your carrying capacity moves up there, and I put this question out the other day on Facebook on Axis Unlimited. Okay, I've got an Axis and his tops ain't quite there. Right. Is he going to grow? Do I need to cull him? And the first three, you know, bam, 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 shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. Yep. So. But also that same buck, we had somebody contact, I say sure, us. Sure, that wants to buy him. I want to buy him as a breeder. As a breeder. Because that's his program. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, I guess it, it's, yeah. It gets it's down what, to personal preference right. and what you're doing in your pasture. Right. But sooner or later, you're going to reach that point where you go, okay, we're here. And I've seen ranches that, you know, this ranch in particular, I mean, are, are, are culling, again, quote, unquote, culling, yeah. you know, 
just kept going up and up and up as the deer got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, we're shooting 180 to 200-inch pasture-born native deer. Right. And we have a bunch that we want to leave that are in that, like you said, sweet spot. Mm -hmm. So, and we can only support so many. Who are we going to, who's going to get the ax? Right. Well, when you've got a 140 inch two-year-old and a 105 inch two-year-old standing side by side, guess who's going to go? Yep. The 105 inch two-year-old because you want that 140. Right. And so when you work your way back down, and again, this is me, and I, I'm sure there's going to be biologists that are going to just, you know, be calling and going, oh, yeah. he's Pe- wrong. Yeah, he's, he's wrong. Idiot. Y'all are yeah. wrong. Y'all are doing this wrong. But it worked for us, and that's all that matters. Right. <clears throat> because everybody's different. And and like I said, you can ask 10 people, 10 different answers. Been there, done that. Uh, you know, and, and I've had been fortunate that I've been able to work with some of the best biologists in the state right and and again i'm not going to name them but they're they in my opinion they're some of the best out there and they're managing some of the best property now that helps because you're managing some great property it makes it easier mm-hmm. but and the money makes it easier i don't care what anybody says mm-hmm. you know big, deep pockets grow big deer damn right it doesn't matter whether they're in the pins or in the pasture right that that's what grows big deer right. easier 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 right you can grow a big deer on a budget sure Absolutely. It just takes a little longer. It just takes a little longer. Right. Absolutely. But what we were doing, I mean, we got down to where we're culling 150s. Those were, we got to, they got to go. Shit. You know. That's a trophy at my ranch. Well, yeah. That's a big deer. It's a trophy. There's a lot of people that'll never even see a 150. There's a lot of people that'll never shoot a 150. Yeah. I mean, we had a hunter this afternoon. You saw that the hunter this afternoon that, you know, that deer's 160. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a, 160. Right, he was having a fit. And, and this guy is just, you know, he, he's just going crazy because he's never seen a deer like that. Right. And and I get it. And that's the great thing about hunting is, you know, and I love to see it. I love to see people get excited about hunting and, oh, yeah. and get excited about a 150. That's awesome. Right. Because we get spoiled because we see 300s. Right. And, and Oh, I remember the days that 140-inch that oh, yeah. deer used yeah. to excite me. Yeah. And not that they don't still, but... You yeah. know, like you said, we get to see two, 250s, three. Sure. I mean. Sure. I mean. Up close and personal. Right. I mean, we've, and, we've, and, we've and both seen 500-inch deer in pins. And, so. and we're fortunate to get to do it. Right. I mean, you, you, I love what I do. Right. And and But there's a lot of people that don't. So it, it all depends on what your program is. And But, yeah, I've seen it where you're culling 140, 150-inch deer because they don't fit what you're doing because you've got now this particular place again. You know, we're we're shooting, uh, we're shooting deer that are, our trophies were eight years old. Yeah, well, um, to me, a, a true trophy is yeah seven or eight, seven or eight years old. I mean, we were shooting honest to goodness eight year old deer, right? And and yeah, they were, you know, one eighty, one ninety, breaking two hundred. They weren't everywhere. The two hundreds weren't everywhere. No, I mean, we were excited when we broke two hundred. Right, but it was again a native deer that we were using the DMPs, you know, as a tool to grow those deer. Now, Madison, you've seen, you've been around deer pens for how long? How long have you been around the breeder industry? Uh, probably four to five years. Okay, um, what, what's your take on one-year-old deer? 
Um, this is my first year actually being really involved in pins. And we actually just did it here. We ran in all our yearlings to cut. Mm-hmm. And if they were not big enough compared to someone in the box behind them, they were going out. They went out to the pasture. Yes, they went out to the pasture. Well, that because makes sense. Because in the pins, we wanted big one-year-olds. And by cut, you mean saw their antlers off? Yes, saw for... their antlers off. Yes. Okay. Because a lot of people, I mean, people don't realize that we're, yes. we know what the hell we're talking about and doing. But <laughs> yes. a lot of, like, so they brought their one-year-old bucks in to saw the antlers off for the deer, for his safety, uh, safety of anybody else going in the pins. And if there's any does in there, they're breeding, they're, everybody's just safer that yeah long story that's a whole deer yeah. breeding thing that's a whole nother podcast and part of the reason that we did that was and, and that's what i was explaining to her was a, a numbers game right how many deer can you keep in the pen right and so if we've got a yearling and, and not to cut her off but to kind of explain what i explained to her is the reason we did it was if i've got a yearling that Again, just pick a number. You know, I've got a yearling that's 150 inches, and I've got a yearling that's 100 inches. Yeah. He's going to make his living out in the pasture. Right. Because we're growing, our, our goal is to grow stalker bucks. But that stock, that deer, that 150 inch yearling might turn into a breeder. Right. So I want to hold him and see what he does. And also, I want to, we want to see the production on the girls. Yes. I, I want to see what those girls are throwing me at two and three. And if that girl that threw me that, you know, that little yearling does it again the following year, she's probably going out. Right. She's going to make her living out in the pasture. Right. I agree. And, and it's, it's funny because I, I just kind of realized something. You know, I'm I'm over here saying, oh, I don't judge a one-year-old. But then my ass is listening to you going, well, shit. I turn out all my small one-year-olds Correct. every year. And I'll keep the biggest one for myself to go, eh, maybe he'll be good enough to cover some girls next sure. year for us. Sure. Because that's our goal at the end right. of the day is to grow that deer that we can breed ourselves. Right. Oh, here, you know, it's what I'm doing. Sure. It's, it's trying to grow my own breeders. Absolutely. Uh, because we're in the stalker business because we're stocking a ranch. Right. We're not in the auction mm-hmm. market. And again, mm-hmm. those of you that don't know what I mean by auction market, that's a whole different ballgame. And, right. and that's several podcasts yeah. long, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> So that's what I was explain, try to explain to her as we were bringing deer in going, Hey, we're judging, you know, and, and and sometimes and and every breeder that's listening has done the same thing. Sometimes it doesn't matter what that pedigree is. No, they're going to go out. It, it, It doesn't matter what he's bred to. He could be the best pedigree in the world, but if he doesn't fit your program and what you're doing, he's going to have to be a stalker. Right. You know, regardless. Right. Well, and, and when you said they got to go make their living out in the pasture, mm-hmm. that is exactly how I look at my mm-hmm. deer. And, and, and again, we have to look at this as a business. Now, some of my deer, and Madison, I know you get, I'm sure you mess with the fawns a lot, so you get attached to them. Yeah. So, we, we this is going to sound bad, but yes, we get attached to some of these deer, mm-hmm. and they do become pets of sorts. And I know a lot of people kind of bitch about that. Oh, you it's a pet deer. You turn it out and shoot it. Well, no, not really. That's not how that works. Yes, we get attached to deer. But my bucks, it, it, for, for myself, when I release them, thinking in my head is, okay, that deer is going to work for me 
in the pasture. Sure. Mm-hmm. All I've got to do is provide protein and those big feeders out in the pasture and some, you know, I like put a little supplemental water, but we've got tanks and, you know, they can lick the dew off of the grass. I don't know. But as long as I can keep them alive the best I can in the pasture, they're working for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I know their genetics are, I don't want to say superior, but they have larger antlered genetics than my pasture. And at the end of the day, you, you've also got to think about this. You know, our, our goal is to sell hunts. Right. And not every hunt is going to be a 200-inch deer. No. So if we turn out that yearling and he doesn't turn into a 200-inch deer, we still sell management hunts on the ranch right? that are more affordable for people. And, you, you know, you're not going to sell them as a stalker and make the money no. as a stalker, but we can sell them as a management deer and still make some money off of that hunt, even though he's not a 200-inch deer. So you've got to have a range of deer in your pasture to fit the hunters that are going to come to your ranch. Right. You, you bring up a good point, and this was something I wanted. I actually told you earlier when we were riding around the truck, I wanted to touch on this. The management hunts, meat hunts, doe hunts, culls, I get a lot of people asking me about those kind of hunts. And I want to take those people on hunts. But as, as I've said a hundred times already, this is a this is a business. And I can take people on a management hunt. If we're going to shoot a deer that's a management buck, we're looking at close to two grand. Mm-hmm. And they make a lot of people won't see that as well that deer's not he's not a $2000 deer you know he's only 125 inches but it's to me it's not just that deer that person's paying for that ranch wasn't given to us the taxes aren't free protein that protein is not cheap time yeah snares checking fence Yes. Fixing water troughs. Yes. Fixing windmills, fixing water wells. $7,000 air conditioner I had to put in this in, in year your that went out. Yep. Um, I mean, I mean you, we had two water wells went out this year we had to fix. Hunting vehicle. Yeah. Fuel. Yeah. I mean, it adds up pretty quick. And then the risk of having someone on your on property scary. hunting. We talked about that earlier today, yeah. too. It's absolutely scary. It, it's, it's downright scary to think that you've got someone on your ranch that anything could happen. Right. I mean, they're toting around a gun, and so are you, more than likely. Sure. And we got a lot of rattlesnakes on our ranch. Deer blinds. You're crawling up in a deer blind. Yeah. You're You're 10, 12 feet up in the air. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. So in order for me to make all this make sense, I've got a minimum price that somebody's got to pay. And and I don't do it to, to be a jerk, and I'm not necessarily doing it. I mean, I know I'm not going to get rich selling management hunts. But I also know that I can't go out there myself and kill all those deer. It might be easier. Probably be a lot easier if I just said, okay, that one's got to go. Boom. That one. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. I can clean them up, uh, you know, eat what I can, give the rest of the meat to someone that needs it. But I don't know. That's something I I wanted to explain to people, and I want people to understand that we want to take people hunting. I want, I really want kids outdoors as much as possible. That That's my deal. I mean, we, and, and Madison, you know, Madison grew up hunting. Right. You know, Madison grew up, uh, you know, on, on the ranch with me 
back when hunting, you know, when I started, right. you know, and, and transitioned into hunting. Uh, and, and that's a whole nother, you know, animal is the transition from having hunters on the ranch and having cattle to straight hunting, you know, we, yeah. we, we could talk hours on that. Right. But, you know, my, my kids grew up hunting and I feel real fortunate that I was always on a ranch and they always had the opportunity. And I try to share that as much as I can with kids. Right. And, and I've had, I, I tend to be more lenient when I've got a kid, especially if they've never shot a deer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on, oh, wait, wait, wait. He's not old enough. He's not big enough. Uh, we, we can do without that deer. Right. That deer's not going to ruin your program. He's right. not going to ruin the ranch. The ranch isn't going to fall apart. You're not going to have to shut the gates. Right. Because you shot that deer. Yeah. So I tend to be a whole lot more lenient when I have a kid that's never shot a deer. And and I know sometimes some might, some people might say, oh, that's a mistake deer. No, it's not. It's no. not a mistake when you can get a kid to shoot a deer. And that kid shoots that deer and, and, and he's just and you've got him hooked. shaken. You've got him hooked so excited. For you've got a hunter for, for, yeah. forever. Right. You've, you've done the right thing. Right. Because that deer can be replaced. And, and that kid that sits in a blind and you go over and over and, and I, I've done it, you know, and, and my oldest daughter, Serena, I didn't realize that I was doing it until, you know, we're, we're on a ranch and we're sitting in a blind and we'd been sitting in a blind. And then one day I said, Hey, let's go hunt, you know? And she said, well, am I actually going to get to shoot or do I have to keep scouting? And I thought you idiot. Wow. I'm just like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? You about know? yourself yes not, not her. yeah no me yeah me I, i'm just i'm thinking to myself you're just so stupid you're like as a dad here, what here have I, I done? yeah what have i done i'm just so concerned with the well-being of the ranch that i've forgotten what we're doing here because i've already done it right been there done that i mean i've i've shot deer and i'm now i'm you you go in phases right and and i had somebody tell me one time yeah we all go through phases First phase is we want to kill everything. Right. We want to shoot everything we see. That's right. You know, the second phase is we start getting selective on certain deer. Right. You know, oh, I want to shoot an eight. I want to shoot a nine. I want to shoot a 10. I want to shoot a six, whatever. Yeah. You know, the third phase is, oh, man, I want to shoot a big mature buck. And then at the end of the, the last one is, man, I see how big a deer we can grow. Mm-hmm. And so we moved through these phases. Well, I was already on my last phase, but I hadn't brought her along in those phases. Mm. And I was wanted her to be uh, we enjoyed every minute sure i mean uh, I, we lived on a ranch uh, madison was was little and serena was probably seven eight years old and i'd pick her up from the bus at the gate because we lived away out in the middle of nowhere we'd run straight to the deer blind she'd do her homework in the deer blind <laughs> while she was sitting with me watching deer but i wasn't letting her shoot deer and or shoot anything and then at the end of the day it was like you're an idiot yeah you know, we, we need to change this. And I had to change my thinking of she, it needs to be fun. Have you changed that now with Absol- Madison? A- absolutely. Absolutely. Madison, I mean, what, what, what phase are you in? You're still in, I want to kill everything yeah, phase, huh? Kill yeah. Everything. yeah. Yeah. Kill everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah shoot them all. <laughs> yeah. Shoot them all. There yeah. they are. Let's make them yeah. dead. Let's, yeah. let's, let's kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it there, doesn't matter a, if it's deer, deer, a, pigs. Yeah, yeah it's anything. It doesn't matter. Well, you got a lot of pigs out yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Man. You know, and, and now, well, hell, bringing up pigs. That's, obviously, Texas has a huge pig problem. Mm-hmm. And, and this really, this could be a whole nother podcast. We don't have very many pigs on our ranch right now, thankfully, because they just, they move in phases, I guess, on our place. 
But people think, and, and it, this is one of those things I get hit with all the time, oh, Texas has so many pigs and y'all have pig problems. Why can't we just come hunt pigs for free? Why, why do we have to pay so much to hunt pigs? And I'll answer that pretty quick because we just touched on it. Right. My time. You're darn right. To have to take somebody, put them up because they don't know the ranch. Right. Put them in a blind. Make sure. They're safe. They're safe. Make sure they're safe with a weapon. Make sure they're not, uh, there's not a deer standing behind that pig. Mm-hmm. And they know what they're doing to where, okay, well, I can shoot pigs, but what if I miss and hit that deer? What if I do this? What if I do that? So you get right back into, you know, you're going to have a guide with them. Yeah. And if you're the guide, you're sitting with someone to shoot pigs when you, and in the back of your mind, the whole time you're thinking, I got to go check the fence line. Right. I got to go check this. I got to go do that. I got to go do this. I got to fix that water trough. I got to. Yep. And it's taking time from what you normally do at the ranch to sit with someone to shoot a pig. For a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, and it, 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 you don't want to sound like a jerk, but at the end of the day, it's like now I can say, Madison, go sit over there and shoot pigs. Right. And, and she can go do it. Well, and I know yeah. she's safe and I know she's going to shoot pigs. And there's no question as. She's not going to shoot a wildebeest. It's not going <laughs> to shoot a wildebeest char- charging the buggy. Yeah. You know? uh, but there's always that doubt that someone's going to shoot something by accident or not accident. Right. And, and go, oh, you my know, bad. my bad. Sorry. You know, I, I've, I can tell you, I can write a book on how many hunters as guests of owners mm-hmm. of ranches, show them a picture of a deer and say, shoot this eight point and you drive up and there's a 10 point laying under the feeder that's three uh-huh. years old. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, you just, I thought we were pretty clear on the, well, yeah, but, and I had one guy tell me one time, it's a funny story. And that's exactly what it was. Hey, shoot this eight point. Showed him a picture off the trail cram camera. Put him in the blind. Okay, you're good. Yep. Okay, I'll pick you up here. Dark. You know, whatever. Send me a text if you shoot something. Well, I go get in the next blind over because I want to be nearby. <laughs> and because uh, we're scouting, I mean, we're looking for deer. We got hunters coming. You know, we're we're trying to find deer. Well, this guy hear him shoot. Okay, you know, my deer feet off. I get down. I go pick him up. And there's a 10-point laying under, you know, mm. and I walk up and I said, man, you know, good deer. You know, it was you know, I wasn't going to, as a friend of the owners, I wasn't going to go, hey, dummy, you know, right. can't you count? Right. And so I said, man, that's a great deer. Yeah. And this is what he told me. He said, that deer you showed me came in and then this deer came in and pushed him off. So I thought, well, man, this deer's fighting with everybody, so I'm going to go ahead and shoot him. Oh, mm-hmm. true story. But wow. he was making an excuse to shoot a 10 point. Wow. It's just an excuse to shoot a deer right. that was bigger, that was bigger. Than, than what he was allowed to shoot. And, you know, we took him in. The owner showed up and said, man, that's a great deer, you know. And as we were walking off, he said, don't ever bring him back. So the guy just lost the opportunity to hunt for free. Yeah. Because he couldn't control himself on. The deer, and he never knew it. Right. He just never got invited back. Eh, shit happens. You know, yeah. Hope he enjoys that deer on the yep. wall. If he even <laughs> yep. mounted it. Yep. No, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. But, you know, again, time-wise, who's going to sit with that guy on a hog hunt? And who's going to sit with that guy on a doe hunt when you're, you know, $250 doe hunt when your guides are $200 a day? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because people don't realize we got to pay guides, too. A good guide. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a good guide that does this is what they do for a living. You know, they make their money during the hunting season guiding hunts. And and you're paying them a couple hundred dollars a day, and you're selling an animal for $250. Yeah. 350 400 uh, 800 Math really doesn't you know, add up. It doesn't. No. So that gets to, you know, it makes it really tough right. to sell those hunts. Right. And, and we and we sound like dicks yeah. saying it. I mean, and I know we sound yeah. like that right now. Yeah. But we, we don't, that's not how we want to come off. No. But I, I do think it's something that people need to, to know and, and understand. And yep. it, it sucks to hear it and it sucks to say it. Yep. But we do have a minimum on what we sell. Right. Well, I do too, and I've gone up. I've gone up to two thousand, and and people say, "Well, what do I get for that? How what, what size buck do I get?" I said, "You get a management buck, guide's, guide's choice. Guide's choice. No no that doubt. deer might only be a hundred inches. Yeah, he if, might be a hundred and twenty nine and seven eighths. Mm-hmm. But if that guide says shoot that there, one, there's your deer. There's your deer. Yeah. So, you know, and you know how it is. We've done hunting shows together mm-hmm. at all the whatever mm-hmm. you know the trophy hunter mm-hmm. stuff, and people walk up." safari club yeah know, even safari a safari club, club yeah thinking, they'll walk up and the first clientele. question out of their mouth mm-hmm. how much are your management hunts mm-hmm. and then you know we you, you get that you get that stereotype mm-hmm. stuck in your head that mm-hmm. oh shit here we go mm-hmm. because you know the next question is how big is that mm-hmm. instead of saying hey man i want to shoot a 140 inch buck what, what you know where are you guys at on those or mm-hmm. or what amenities do you offer or what mm-hmm. what this what that mm-hmm. they want to go straight for how much is your cheapest hunt and and are you giving any free shit away today mm-hmm. do we get to shoot predators yeah there you go mm-hmm. what about hogs can we shoot hogs can we shoot coyotes can we shoot bobcats mm-hmm. yep. yeah can we go out at night and call coyotes which i love doing that oh, i do too not but not when i have hunters in camp right it's tough yeah it's tough. I typically don't do it with my first year hunters, but, and you know how it is. Most of your hunters, when they hunt with you, you become friends. Sure. Because hunting is such a, you know, it's just a, it's a bonding sure. thing. Absolutely. So after, usually after my first year with, with hunters, you know, repeat guys, we'll, we have a little more fun. We get into it. I feel more comfortable around them. They feel more comfortable around me on the ranch so yeah we'll go out we'll call coyotes but at the end of the day it gets back to liability absolutely it's it's dark there's weapons yeah there's there's you know you're gonna shoot there may have been alcohol Uh, if they had a drink or two at dinner right which i've provided right and now you're responsible right somebody falls out the back of a truck somebody you know you're climbing in and out of the bed of a pickup you're climbing up on a high rack you know, you've got loaded guns. Did they unload it? Did they not unload it? Does it, you know, and you, unfortunately, sometimes you might trust someone because you've hunted with them. And then those unloaded guns are the ones that shoot people. Every time. Yes, sir. Yep. Every time. Well, heck, I we have burned up 43 minutes of these people's time. <laughs> That's insane. And we're just BSing like yep. every other day when we sit around talking. Yep. Driving around the ranch like we did earlier today. That's true. We covered some of this stuff as we were driving around. Yeah, we have these conversations a lot Even when I'm driving around Houston and you're driving around here on the ranch. Absolutely. We're just on the phone yep. all the time talking yep. shit. 
And Madison's oh, often, <laughs> yeah, Madison's often time in the in the passenger seat listening and H- having to listen to it over and over and over yeah. again. You're right. Right. Well, hey, this shit's well, gonna be drilled in your head. Well, I always tell her that, and it's kind of a joke, running joke with her and my nephew. I have a nephew in college, and he just eat up with the ranch, and he's working on a ranch right now part time while he's in college, and this is what he wants to do. So he tries to spend as much time as he can here. He comes and helps us work deer, and he, you know, he's he's just this is what he's going to end up doing. I, I can tell. Yeah. He's going to end up on a ranch somewhere. And uh, I always joke with him and I tell him, look, your best chance at an education is sitting in the truck listening to us talk. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> well, there you go. There's there's education for you guys and gals. So uh, that's our first podcast. I think I think it went off. I uh, Shit, I don't even know what else to say. That's it. Thank I say we kill it. And thank everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to us rattle on for so long. And uh, we're going to come back with some more episodes. We'll have some guests. I think we have a guest scheduled for, I don't want to say, to, well, I mean, technically it's tomorrow on our end, but I don't know when the hell tomorrow will actually be once this is posted. Mm-hmm. So the next mm-hmm. podcast, we'll call it that. Yep. We have a guest scheduled. Yep. And Great guy. Real, really, really, really uh, involved in the hunting industry. I guess we could tell him who 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 he is. Yeah, Jeremy Atkins, uh, owner of Big and J, and uh, he's uh, uh, he'll be here hunting with us. Yeah, you know, for a few days, and we're gonna try to see doing some filming. And the other cat, Cody. Yeah. And uh, what does Cody do? Cody, man, Cody hunts. Well, I like him already. Yeah, it's a great life. Yeah, Cody hunts. Cody works with uh, Henry Rifles. What uh, a punk. Yeah. Cody works with Henry Rifles, and we're going to be shooting some Henrys. Mm. We're going to be shooting some animals with uh, all types of Henry Rifles. Uh, so, yeah, Cody's Cody's uh, Cody does a lot of hunting in Kansas, Nebraska. Uh, pretty much you think about it, and he's, he's been there, done that. And uh, he's bringing a truckload of Henry Rifles that we're going to have uh, some fun with, being able to shoot some stuff. Right. And I wish I wish I could say this podcast was sponsored by Henry Rifles, <laughs> but it wasn't. We're just a bunch of hillbillies sitting around a table, and we had to pay for all this, so no biggie. Anyways, uh, Leo, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me yes, out sir. to the ranch again. Um, I come out here. This is the third, fourth, fifth yes, time, sir. something like that. I yes, don't sir. know. Yep. I like coming out here, but you and I get to hang out quite a bit. Madison, it's always good seeing you. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll cut this off, and uh, I guess we'll re-listen to it and see how bad we did. (laughs) Well, anyways, appreciate it, and thanks, everyone. Crazy Bone Podcast, signing off.